Planning a summer break? Experience the best of Ireland inside and out at Clayton Hotels with nationwide destinations you can soak up amazing coastline views. Then soak in the atmosphere in our welcoming bars and spacious lounges. Squeeze in local attractions then stretch out in our big family rooms. Enjoy endless adventures followed by meals made to thrill Delicious. and heavenly moments alongside real luxury. For the best rates, always book on ClaytonHotels.com. They say you have three names. The one you inherit from your family. The one your parents gave you. And the one you make for yourself. So create the brand of you. Find the job you've always dreamed of and make it yours by going to Irish Jobs, Ireland's online recruitment platform. Take control of your career. Visit irishjobs.ie and move up to the next level you. Irish Jobs. Make a name for yourself. I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Stanton Forbes' bizarre retrospective tale of entanglement. If two of them are dead. Starring Earl Howard and Catherine Burns and Nina Foch as Sister Love in Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Quaker State Motor Oil and Contact. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. The 30s of the Depression. Three people sit in the parlor of a lonely Midwestern farmhouse. Joe John Plunkett, 24 hours off a passing freight train. Dorcas Kimball, whose father, Joe John, has just helped to bury in the cyclone cellar. And Sister Magdalene Love, the beautiful evangelist, who has come to Joe John and Dorcas with a strange proposition. If two of them are dead, continues after this word... Hi, I'm Pinocchio, the big nose and all that. You know, but seriously, lots of kids don't know about me. How can kids read if they don't have any books? And millions of kids, black, white, red, yellow, brown, all races, live in homes without any books. Getting books into the hands of these girls and boys is what the national program, WIF, Reading is Fundamental, is all about. Here's what WIF has found out. When kids choose the books they want because the subjects interest them and they own the book, that makes reading fun. And when reading is fun, it's just fundamental. Books widen the kids' world, and their abilities, and their whole life. Every community needs RIF. Find out what you and RIF can do in your community. Just like RIF, Smithsonian Institution, Washington, D.C., 20560. That's RIF, R-I-F, Smithsonian Institution, Washington, D.C., 20560. Right now, if America's to go out thinking, reading is fundamental.
I've been riding freights most of my grown life, although I wasn't really that old. And I had my share of close scrapes and run-ins. It got to be where I could sense when something bad was going to happen to me. So all I could figure out was I must have taken a pretty fair blow to the head when I jumped off that last freight. Because if I'd had any sense at all, I'd have been long gone from here by now. I mean, first, getting took in by a cripple kid who talks me into escorted to some holy roller shindig. Then getting half-tricked into burying her father, who she killed. And then sitting in the parlor drinking tea with her and a lunatic lady evangelist who had just about the craziest notion I'd ever heard of in all my life. I want you to kidnap me. Kidnap you? I'll pay the two of you $1,000 to keep me here in this house for two weeks. Here in my house? It's perfect. No one would suspect that Sister Love was being held a prisoner in such an ordinary, nondescript place as this. You, you, you're nuts. You know, I always figured anybody in the line of work you're in had to be. <laughs> you are both responding just as I anticipated you would. It is only out of your initial mm, surprise at the idea. Neither of you are shocked. I counted on that. Well, if you want to know the truth, Joe, John Plunkett, you owe me this. Oh, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, it seems like I owe everybody something. That little scene with that drunk last night? For your information, that had been carefully planned and was being beautifully executed until you interfered. Well, that figures. I should have known better. The man you struck was Clay Turner. He'd come to me a poor sinner, bereft of his family, his job, everything, because of demon rum. We prayed together several times. I drove the devil from his soul. He was very grateful. The perfect pigeon, huh? A poor sinner you were going to make into a rich sinner. What I'm planning to do will harm no one. And it will enable me to help hundreds, no, thousands of poor souls that otherwise I might never reach. But how kidnapping you do that? By bringing greater fame to the name of Sister Love. So that I may carry the word throughout the length and breadth of this land. From New York to California. Really? And if you and Joe John do as I say... You'll both be able to travel wherever you wish. Yeah, well, I already do. I mean in style. Yeah, what about this uh, Clay Turner? Oh, you took care of him. And I had Brother Love give him a hundred dollars for his trouble. Yeah, Brother Love. Now, what does he think about this mad scheme of yours? Oh, Brother Love does whatever I say. For instance, at the moment, he's waiting outside in that hot, hot car. Although I've no doubt he's enjoying a peaceful afternoon nap. He's my Uncle Micah, you know, an obliging, harmless old man. Is it true what he says in the pamphlet? Did you predict that your ma and pa were going to be killed the way they were? I did. Although I'll confess to you, it was a safe enough prediction. Bessie and Abner Love, my mother and father, carried the gospel message over the most dangerous kind of mountain terrain. And they never spent a nickel on the pairs for that old bus of theirs. Poor noble souls. They sound as crazy as you do. There's nothing crazy about what I'm proposing. I have it all worked out. We leave for Chinoo tonight right after the service. You would follow me there in a car. Yeah, well, now there's a snag right there. What car? Never mind about that right now. I'd slip out in the middle of the night and meet you, and then we'd return here. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. I'd leave the ransom note and arrange the scene before I left. Oh, very neat. Then, 
In about two weeks, I, I think it should be. You'd be free of me and a thousand dollars richer. But how are you going to get rescued? Oh, or do you just rescue yourself? And if you're kidnapped, now there's supposed to be ransom money. What, what about that? Well, the ransom should be sizable. $50,000 sounds right, don't you think? Well, the amount doesn't matter because it'll never be paid. No, the ransom note will state that instructions will follow, but they won't. The three of us will just sit here and wait until the two weeks are up. Yeah, that sounds cozy. Then you and, and Dorcas here can do whatever you wish. I'll tell the authorities the kidnappers got frightened and ran away. And, of course, my description of my abductors will be constructed purely out of my imagination. We'd hope. What about the car we need? Where are we going to get it? Well, Joe John would have to buy a car under his name. You could keep it to go away in, Joe John. Now, just think how free you would be with your own car. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to me. Hopping freight suits me just fine. And now that I've heard this whole scheme of yours, I, I think you're crazier than I even thought of first. And listen, Dorcas Kimball, if you've got any sense at all, you'll get this mad woman out of your house right now. Don't you worry, sister love. I'll talk to him. You'd be surprised at the things I can get Joe John Plunkett to do. There's nothing on this earth that surprises me, my child. And as for my worrying, remember, I have faith. Morning, Mr. Thompson. Sure is cold this morning. Cold? It must be 94 in the shade. I mean it's cold inside your car's engine. Well, why didn't you say so? You didn't ask. Well, just tell me how my engine can be cold on a sweltering day. Glad you asked. When you start a car first thing in the morning, your engine is cold. Well, that's true, but so what? A cold engine does a bad job of burning gas. It can make soot, dirt, and acids form in your motor oil. And they can sure damage an engine. What can I do about it? Glad you asked. Instead of asking for my cheapest oil, you can start using a quality motor oil, Quaker Steak. Nothing finer than Quaker Steak. It's made scientific to neutralize acids and hold solids suspended so they don't gouge out your engine. Well, thanks for telling me, Caleb. Down a court, Mr. Thompson. Quaker State? Well, yes. Why didn't you give me Quaker State before? You didn't ask. Quaker State, your car, to keep it running young. We'll return to our story in a moment. We weren't able to use the gutter you had there, so that cost you 73 bucks extra. And I got to charge you 870 bucks for the petition your wife wanted and 490 to tear it down after she changed her mind. Uh, seven additional outlets, 350 bucks. The doorknob you chose was a special order. That cost 47 clams. I had to repaint the rear wall. Your wife didn't like the color. 241 bucks. Uh, bathroom fixtures cost 3450 instead of the 42 we budgeted. The plumber's bill was $1,675. Don't begin a repair job on your home before you understand all the costs involved. The Department of Housing and Urban Development has a booklet entitled Fixing Up Your Home or a free copy write to HUD, Washington, D.C., 20410 or call your local FHA-approved lender. ...cash advances to subcontractors, so the total comes to about $83,000. Mr. Smith, are you all right? Mr. Smith... All I knew was this was a chance for me to get away. 
to really go to those places I've been dreaming about all my life. Great Aunt Nadine's money plus my half of a thousand dollars make me good as rich. But you're as crazy as she is. Hell, I'd be spending two weeks with two cuckoos in a cuckoo nest. For $500 and a new car? Yeah, well, it wouldn't be worth it. No, if I did decide to go along with it, it wouldn't be for the money. Well, what would it be for, then? Uh, because it would be something to do. A gamble. With the stakes against me. You wouldn't understand. Well, you don't understand me, either. But that doesn't matter, as long as we both have our reasons. Yeah, she was right there. We were a couple of misfits, Dorcas Kimball and me. Sister Love knew what she was doing. She couldn't have chosen two more likely sinners to do her dirty work. We both had nothing to lose. Ah, you've decided then. You're going to do it. Well, it depends. I mean, I don't like that part at the end where we drive off into the sunset and you tell your little fairy tale. Joe John's got a better idea. Yeah, your uncle's going to have to face the police and the newspapers with the ransom note, you know? Oh, there's no problem. I'll simply tell him to be very upset about it, but to say or pay nothing. No, no, no. You just, uh, you tell him to pay it. That is, to pretend to pay it. He can leave a dummy package, which we'll pick up, and then we'll set you free. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it will make more publicity for the newspapers. I agree. Anything else? Yeah. A letter from you stating that this whole thing was your idea. And we'll also have the dummy package as evidence. So it's just a couple of little security measures. All right. But there's no reason why you shouldn't trust me. No, there's no reason why we should. It was exciting. Just like in the movies. We had to postpone the plan for a few days. Till Joe John bought the car. Then I addressed a letter to Sister Love, care of general delivery in Chinook. The letter was in code to let her know we were ready, and all it said was, Jesus saves. About time you came. I wasn't enjoying waiting out here in the middle of nowhere at this hour of night. You wouldn't have liked me to get a speeding ticket on the way, would you? Uh, how you like your new car? It serves the purpose. Did you leave the ransom note? Of course. $50,000 or sister love will be sent to heaven. <laughs> Newspapers will like that. I can hardly wait to see the headlines tomorrow. Neither can Dorcas. She thinks this whole thing is a game. Yeah, poor child's probably starved for a little excitement in her life. Hmm. This is a strange child. How old is she? Seventeen. Seems younger than that to me. It's odd. A young girl like that living all alone in that house. Until you came, of course. Both of her parents are dead, I gather. That's right. Are you related to her on her mother's side or her father's? What? I heard you tell the deputy you were cousins. First cousins. Yeah, that's right. On her mother's side. What about your folks? They still living? My old man fell off an oil rig. Killed himself instantly. Oh, it's terrible. 
What about your mother? What is this? Some kind of third degree? I was only being friendly. After all, we're going to be living together for two whole weeks. We may as well get to know each other. Yeah, well, you know enough already. Only that your father's dead. And that you come from a better background than you try to make out. What makes you think that? Well, it's one of my stocks in trade. Finding out about people from what they say and the way they say it. I've worked hard to get rid of that Tennessee twang I used to have. <laughs> you can't have an accent in my business. People, they have too many prejudices. Yeah, well, I know about people. You don't have to tell me about them. Look, I'll travel in my business, too, you know? Yeah, being a failure, a bum. That's right. If your mother is still living, what does she think about Look, I didn't say she was still living. Look, look, I didn't say anything about it at all. Oh, forgive me, Joe John. I didn't know your mother was a subject you didn't wish to discuss. Well, you, you just ask too many questions, that's all. <laughs> that's another of my stocks in trade. But it's late. I'm too tired for any more talk. Now, I think I'll go lie back and try to sleep the rest of the way. Yeah, well, that'll be just fine with me. She sure likes her rest, don't you? The longer she stays up in her room, the better I like it. Well, she probably doesn't want to be seen in those house dresses she had me buy. They're real plain, no ruffles and ribbons. You know, I got a feeling she'll still look okay. Yeah, I suppose so. With that face and that hair, and the way she walks. <laughs> her stock's in trade. Huh? Oh, nothing. Anyway, she'll be down soon. She's going to want to see this newspaper. Well, that must be her coming now. Oh, hush, Tiffany. Tiffany won't stop barking at her. Dogs are smart. Did it come yet? The newspaper. Is it here? It's here. Am I in it? You're in it. On the front page. Really? But where? I don't see it. Down at the bottom. Yeah, I guess they thought MacArthur and those bonus marches in Washington were more important. Michael Love, here in Chinook with an evangelist group holding revival services in a tent on Route 39, told Sheriff Edward Billings that his niece, Sister Magdalene Love had disappeared from her room in the Chanute Hotel Wednesday night and that a kidnap note had been found. Sheriff Billings declined to comment on the note other than to say that bloodstains on the paper might indicate foul play. The sheriff's office is investigating the disappearance of Sister Love. Is that all there is? That's all. Where does it tell anything about me? They didn't even use my picture. I left a lot of pictures with Uncle Mike. Yeah, well, look, never mind about all that. Now, what's this business about bloodstains on the ransom note? Oh, I just thought that would be a good touch. I put my finger to do it. Well, I don't like it. Well, why should you mind? It was my finger, my blood. You're just setting us up for a shooting gallery. I was just making it a better story, that's all. Oh, shut up, you little beast. Can't you do something about that dog? Now, Tippy doesn't mean any harm. He just isn't used to you yet. I'll, I'll put him outside. Now, come on, Tippy. Now, that's a good boy. You just play outside for a while. You It can't be. It just can't. Give your hand to a friend. Give your heart to your heart. What is your cold? Contact. The sooner the better. Hey, I'm back. How's that cold? Rotten. Get the contact? I got everything. Contact, cold tablets, and this liquid. Oh, no. 
Honey, it's all cold medicine. Oh, sure, but it only takes one contact for up to 12 hours, continuous relief from sneezing, drips, congestion. For that, I'd need six of your cold tablets. Two every four hours. Or three ounces of nighttime liquid. One every four hours. Or just one contact. The tiny tide pills do it. Well, it's all cold medicine. Those others contain antipyretic analgesics. The liquid, antitussive, and alcohol. They're not in contact. Six or three or one. I choose the one contact. Me too. And I'm the one with the cold. Give cold. Contact the sooner the better. Six or three or one. When you catch a cold, take contact. Only as directed. The Zero Hour continues after this. Hi, everybody. This is Tony Butala of The Letterman. Medical care for veterans. Who is eligible to receive it? If you're a veteran or related to a veteran, this information may help you look ahead to the day when you can use VA medical care. The VA hospital system is responsible for taking care of veterans who are injured or who became ill while in the service. Their needs always come first. Next are veterans who can't afford to pay for medical care on their own and veterans over age 65 or receiving VA pensions. Today, there are 168 hospitals in the VA system. Some have live-in units, allowing veterans to come and go as they please. The VA sometimes makes arrangements with nursing homes for patient care outside the hospital. And VA outpatient clinics provide a full range of services from general medical treatment to dental care or to drug clinics. I couldn't believe it, but it was her, all right, Mrs. Pottleford from down the road. She hadn't come near our place for a year or more. What was she coming now for? Well, there was no time to warn Sister Love. All I could do was try and bluff it out, like I'd done with the deputy about JoJo. Dorcas, girl, how are you? How are you, Mrs. Pottleford? I'm sweltering in this heat, I can tell you. Yes, it's very warm, isn't it? Oh, warm is hardly the word. It's... Oh. Oh, I, I didn't know you had company, Dorcas. Well, that's all right, Mrs. Puddleford. You come on in. This is my cousin, Mary Kimball from Seattle, Washington. How'd you do, Miss Kimball? How'd you do? Uh, sorry to bother you, Dorcas. But I, I need to borrow a cup of sugar? Well, of course. I'll get it for you right away. Uh, no hurry. No hurry, dear. It's, it's too hot to hurry. Right, Mrs. Kimball? Yeah. Perhaps Mrs. Puddleford would like a glass of lemonade, Dorcas. That would hit the spot, all right. I'll get you a glass. Oh, thank you, Dorcas. Mighty neighborly of it. I'm sorry it's been so long since I've had a chance to call on you. I noticed your pa's gotten himself a new car. Well, that's Joe John's car. He's my cousin. My other cousin, he's from out of state, too. We're having a kind of family reunion. Well, now, that's nice. I always think it's nice when a family can keep in touch. In these hard times, so many families are being split up. Some have to go to look for work one place and some another, and like as not, nobody finds any, any place. Of course, most folks just don't have the money to go flitting all over the country. 
Goodness. Dorcas, that's not your pa liquored up again, is it? So that's told you, too, John. My other cousin I just told you about. Joe John, this here is Mrs. Tubbleford from down the road. Oh, hello, Mrs. Puddleford. I explained how we're having kind of a family reunion, you and Cousin Mary and me. Oh, nice to meet you, Mr. Kimball. Plunkett. My name's Plunkett. Here's your cup of sugar. Oh, yes, yes. Suppose I should be getting back. Imagine you all have family business to discuss. Yes, in fact, we do. <laughs> You've been here a few days longer than Miss Kimball, haven't you, Mr. Plunkett? Uh, yeah, that's right. My place being right on the road the way it is, I can't help noticing people coming and going. Must say, I didn't see when you arrived, though, Miss Kimball. I came by train, and Joe John drove in to pick me up. We didn't get here to the house until quite late at night. Oh, I see. By the way, Mrs. Puddleford, did you happen to take in that revival meeting they had across the way a few days ago? Oh, no. My church doesn't hold with those offshoot religions. Well, the reason I mentioned it is I just read in the paper that that lady evangelist who ran it got herself kidnapped. You don't say. Why, that sounds like that other one out there in California. Claimed she was kidnapped a few years back. Said some men held her prisoner in Mexico or some such place. But there were a lot of people who thought that was a put-up job just for publicity. It was not a fact. I guess it's like they say, everything's been done before, right, Cousin Mary? I wouldn't know. Well, nice meeting you all. Thanks for the sugar dolphin. You're welcome, Mrs. Puddleford. You fool! Why did you purposely throw the newspaper story in her face like that? <laughs> so that big grand plot of yours wasn't so original with you after all, was it? I don't know anything about that other case. All I'm concerned about is what if that, that, that busybody recognized me? It would ruin everything. Oh, come on. That sister love sitting at Dorcas Kimball's kitchen table in a plain cotton dress sipping lemonade. The Lord's handmaiden herself. I'm going upstairs for some peace and quiet. It's true. No one would ever imagine sister love in a place like this. I don't understand, Joe Jones. Why did you bring up that newspaper story and everything to Mrs. Puddleford? Well, I knew it would make any difference. I mean, either she knew or she didn't. Mostly, I just wanted to get Sister Love's mind off all that about your pa. My pa? Yeah. When I was bringing Sister Love here in the car, I told... Well, I told her your pa was dead... I just hope she doesn't remember that. What did you talk to about Paul for? You didn't have to tell her anything about that. I just said he was dead, that's all. I didn't tell her anything about your killing him or us burying him. No, Joe John. You didn't. You are listening to Mutual's presentation of The Zero Hour. Be prepared. Are you ready? If you ain't, who'll 
Tell them, you know, if you're 18 or older, you can help a lot of guys be prepared by being a leader in scouting. I mean, it, fellas, scouting today's a lot more than you think. Be prepared. Are you ready to get Be prepared. Are you ready to take the lead? Because if you ain't going to help, you just want to be prepared. Hey, John, are you leaving the service soon? What are you going to do, huh? Well, I'm not sure, but uh, I know I want a job. Well, the Army trained you in communications, and, and you had that extra training through the Veterans Administration. Right, but if I worked nights, I could go to school on the GI Bill and get a math degree, too. Hmm, I'd get the degree. Say, how about me? I'd sure like to get into banking. Think I got a chance? Why not? A lot of banks are hiring veterans, and Uncle Sam can pay you monthly allowances while you're in training. Why don't you talk to the VA people? Hey, I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. How about lunch? Yeah, okay. Don't sound like disabled vets, do they? When it comes to work, they aren't disabled either. They've got training, ambition, eagerness to learn. All they need is a chance. You can give it to them. Contact your Veterans Administration or local state employment service office. Hire the disabled veteran. He's got a lot to give. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense. If two of them are dead, I'm Rod Serling. Today's episode brought to you in part by Quaker State Motor Oil and Contact. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. been listening to The Zero Hour, a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System in association with Hollywood Radio Theater, heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow. And once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. I'm Rod Sterling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week, Stanton Ford's bizarre retrospective tale of entanglement. With two of them dead. Starring Earl Holland. Just sister love. 
Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Contract and Ford Motor Company. This is The Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.